0: It's the Americhicks with Kim Monson.
1: Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal.
0: The most important story.
1: The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump.
2: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care.
2: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead.
1: Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting
2: issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. I hope you all are doing well today. We have a number of headlines to go through as well as we're going to be talking to some of my buddies with Liberty Toastmasters in segments three and four. Uh, When we talk about having conversations, we need to show up. We have acquiesced. Our local government our school boards to those that are pushing forward the agenda of the radical activist uh, left and we need to start to show up and so uh, Brad Beck who is one of the founders of Liberty Toastmasters will be with us as well as a couple of other of uh, my friends to talk about that because uh, having our voices is really important it's inherent in the American idea it's in imper- parent it's inherent to be able to I have freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble. These are things that are inherent to being an American, and so we'll be talking about that in segments three and four. Uh, Wanted to to certainly give a a shout out. I was thinking about blessings today, and I'm really blessed to work with the Crawford team. Uh, The other night when I was at one of the Vino and Veritas, one one of my, my listeners said, who chooses that bumper music? And that's Charlie. Charlie does a great job. You know, the production team. I can ask them to do something, and before I even get back to my desk, it's done. And then the team that keeps this thing going, Steve, welcome back. It's great to have you back from your vacation in Hawaii. I was thinking about you uh, standing there at Pearl Harbor uh, throughout the day yesterday. It's great to have you back. Thank you. And, uh, And you're tanned. (laughs)
3: <laughs> you can't avoid it.
1: I can't avoid it. And Zach and Patty and Keith, I am so grateful for all of you. And uh, so I, I, have, I have a couple of stories that I want to tell you all. But before we do that, uh, our inspiration for today is that we're going to be talking about public speaking. So that's the theme. And George Jessel, uh, he was uh, an American actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer, He was widely known by his nickname of the Toastmaster General of the United States for his frequent role as Master of Ceremonies at political and entertainment gatherings. And he originated the title role in the stage production of The Jazz Singer. And this is what he said. He said, the human brain starts working the moment you are born and never stops until you stand up to speak in public. (laughs) So again, the human brain starts working the moment you were born and never stops until you stand up to speak in public,
3: that's that's good. Right. I don't, I, how many times I've got in front of a group of people and
1: <laughs> 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 where's my brain? What happened? And so for today's funnies, Jerry Seinfeld. I love this. He said, according to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. He says, does that sound right? This means to the average person, if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than doing the eulogy. And actually, on a serious note, I I wanted to tell you, yesterday was a really, really interesting day. Um, On on a positive note, you know, one of the things, I I love the fact I'm truly an entrepreneur because I buy my airtime for both my KLZ show and also for my World War II show. And the World War II show is, it's truly, it's just something that's on my heart after going to Normandy in 2016, came back realizing that we needed to tell these stories And uh, so one of the great things about being an entrepreneur is that you're totally the boss, you buy your your time, but you also have the stress of owning your own business. And uh, yesterday I uh, was over at my bank and uh, was talking to one of the officers there. He was helping me do something that I needed to get done. We started to uh, be talking about the World War II project. And, uh, it, and there's a very big possibility that they may want to sponsor part of that. And I walked out of the th- w- walked out of the building yesterday thinking, you know, you just never know. You need to keep your attitude, um, you know, positive, and you just never know what opportunities and blessings are going to present themselves. So uh, you know, pray for me on that. I, I hope that works out because I think it would be a really cool partnership. You look like you want to say something, Steve.
3: I just think it's cool the way people react and respond once they get to the underpinning of what it is you're all about, but the show's all about, and they just want to get on board.
1: Well, I love that, and you know, we did uh, for Memorial Day, we uh, uh, did built the show around Orson Swindle, who was the first Vietnam veteran. I'm I'm expanding the World War II project to include Korea. And Vietnam, and I I really need to add in, you know, the younger guys as well, but I've focused on World War II because all those guys are in their 90s, and I want to get as many of those stories as possible. But uh, for the Memorial Day show, we played uh, uh, or did the Orson Swindle uh, uh, interview. And Orson was uh, in a Vietnam, North Vietnamese POW camp for six years and four months. And uh, it takes my breath away. He said when he left to go off to Vietnam, his son was four. When he came back, his son was 11. And so it's a powerful story. And we had people calling in yesterday saying, how can I access that story? Where is that at? So go to my website, americhicks.com, and everything is right there. But Steve, you know, we had a lot of work to do. Yesterday was your first day back, and so we had a lot of things to get done. And it was very last minute. But uh, the pastor of the church that we used to go to, and knew him very, very well, he had passed on, and uh, his uh, his first wife had passed on, and then an, another person that was very involved in the church, um, uh, her husband passed on, and they ended up getting married, and uh, and and they really, from what I could tell, they really had a late in life, you know, true romance. And so anyway, um, he passed on and they lived up in Washington, but they were going to have a service over at our church yesterday. And I knew I couldn't make it because you and I, uh, Steve had things planned that we needed to get done here. But I thought, you know, I'm going to run over to the, the reception just to pay my respects and, uh, and let, um, his wife know, you know, I'm concerned and I cared. I I'd, I'd already sent a card. So I rushed over there after we got our stuff done. And uh, I walked up, and I was talking to some people, and I I said, um, you know, is is Kathy in in the building? And they looked at me, and they said she passed on last night. She died last night. And I, I, it just, it hit me like a a brick. I I left the church. I just couldn't quite believe it. And so I called a friend of mine, and I said, you know, life is fragile. We were talking about it. And, uh, you know, they said that every day is a gift. That is why they call it the present. And my friends, we have a duty today to uh, to love greatly, to to do our very best today, because we never know when uh, when we're going to meet our maker. And then uh, later in the day, my, my very first friend, when I moved to Colorado, I'm not going to tell you what year that was, because if I do, you'll start to figure out how old I am, and I like to keep that a secret. But um, uh, her brother had been fighting cancer, and he passed on. And so I called her immediately when I got the text, and, you know, her heart was breaking, her, uh, you know, the grief of losing him. I know that she she was concerned because, you know, cancer is just an awful, awful thing. But, um, you know, I realized yesterday just how precious life is. And, Steve, you know, what we do here I, I think is important. And I so appreciate each of you listeners. Uh, when I was at Vino and Veritas the other night, and we very last minute, we had some some tickets for, for the Centennial location that were available and uh, I reached out to somebody that had reached out to me via the website saying she was interested. And uh, it, her name's Marianne. And uh, when I met her, she said, you know, I tell my friends that you're my friend. And Marianne, you are my friend. And Bob, who listens in Michigan, you are my friend. I care so much about each of you. And I care about this country. And it is an honor to get to uh, to do this every day. And when you hear these aver- these sponsors and these-, these advertisers in my show These people are stepping up as my partners to make sure that that we stay on the air. And so, you know, with Karen Levine, if you need to buy a house, you know, call her. With Jason McBride, if you're thinking about, you know, your nest egg, call him. Because these people really believe in what we're doing every day. And we value each and every one of you. And we're fighting for this country. And uh, so I do want to talk about the first thing is this whole Bob Mueller. Uh, I've not watched the whole... Nine minutes of his comments yet. But, my friends, we have had some, some very naughty people that have been in charge. <laughs> Steve, you know there's other words that I wanted to bring up.
3: You're sugarcoating <laughs> it. Naughty people.
1: Very yeah. naughty people that have risen to the top of our government. And Bob Mueller, what he did yesterday, he, for two years, $35 million of our money, so he made money on this deal. At some point in time, he knew that there was no um, collusion uh, between the Trump administration and the Russians. And I think he knew that. I think he knew that before he even started this thing. And uh, it is a, a, it's a crime, what they did. And so he, there, he they came out. There was no con, con, uh, collusion. But for many many people... Both Republicans and Democrats and also unaffiliated that hate Trump, it kept this whole confusion and chaos for that busy person that's going up and down the, uh, you know, the street. As I look out here, they're they're taking care of their families. They're working on their businesses, and they are trying to uh, um, put confusion and chaos in people's mind because they want to win the next election.
3: It's the only tool they have.
1: It is the only tool they have. So the collusion thing didn't work out. So now they're asking for his tax returns. You know, these people haven't created businesses. They don't know what what a tax return would be. I was talking to John Rush about it the other day. He said, you know, Trump's tax returns are probably... You know, several, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of paper. These people don't even understand what's in there, but they want to create confusion and chaos in people's minds. That is so antithetical to the American idea. Think about our founders. Once again, they try to discredit them. Our founders, you know, they say they were old white guys that had slaves. You're not, you're right. A number of them were old. They were white and they did have slaves, but they don't tell the rest of the story. At that particular point in time, slavery was prevalent throughout the world, and there was white on uh, black slave uh, slavery there was black on black there still is black on black slavery today and so instead of trying to discredit these people, how about we say what is it not amazing that they put in the Constitution?" that w- uh, I think it was by the at least, I think it was 20 years later, that there would be no new importation of slaves. They were trying to address that question, but they knew they had to keep the Union together in order to stand against the British. But they knew that they were grappling with that question. Is it okay, if we really believe that in, in these um, inherent values given by our creator of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, is it okay for one man To own another man. And I think inherently they knew that it wasn't right, but it was prevalent throughout the world. And so within less than 80 years, about 75 years later, this little country goes to war with tremendous bloodshed to answer that question that no, it is not okay. For one man to own the other. This was amazing. And so it's so frustrating to me that we have, uh, for example, this Reagan Bird that was down at uh, Ranchview Middle School here in in, uh, Douglas County. And she was paid $2,100 to push forward this narrative of white privilege and and to undercut law enforcement and using tax dollars to do that. And you you think about all these little, you know, 7th and 8th graders sitting there, these little 8th grade boys who, you know, they're just trying to figure out, you know, all these kids are just trying to figure out. You know, who, the, who they are, these girls, too. And to sit there and, and tell them that because of who they are, that they're bad. There is something evil. I, I Okay, I was going to say naughty, but there's something evil about that whole thing, yeah. Steve. <laughs> we
3: better move on.
1: I guess we better. So with that, um, I guess I typically don't try to rant, but today is, I guess, one of those days. But before we do that, the Rockies... Hey, they have found their bats. They continue to pick up the pace. They beat the Diamondbacks last night, 5-4. to four. They conclude the series with Arizona Today at 1 o'clock. Uh, and the Toronto Blue Jays are coming to town. And uh, the Hooters is my spot to be this summer. Uh, enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. And Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. Additional happenings, I love this, nine items for nine bucks. Uh, it's from 11 to 3, Monday through Friday. You can choose from nine delicious menu items such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and of course, the boneless wings. You can uh, dine in, you can have it to go, or you can have it delivered to your front door. So for more information, go to HootersColorado.com, that's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we'll be right back.
2: All AmeriChicks sponsors are in exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com.
4: You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails at americhicks.com forward slash Kim, or just let me know what you're thinking about the show. I appreciate all of your comments. Keep those cards and letters coming. And check out standforcolorado.com as well. This is our website where we, you know, we did that big rally down at the state capitol. We had all these amazing speakers. And so Zach is rolling out uh, one speaker a day so that we have all of these. It was like speed dating. Everybody had about three minutes to talk about their their important issue. And uh, so you can learn a lot by going to standforcolorado.com. And uh, so let's jump into some headlines here. This is one that I find really interesting. And this is uh, Colorado's tax policies are complex and controversial. Once again, uh, government should be uh, understandable by people. It shouldn't be complex. It shouldn't be something that people can't understand. And so when we have bureaucrats and politicians that are making things more and more complex, we need to step back. But there's a group that they say they want to start a conversation about this. And I remember I remember hearing about this. I was still on city council. And uh, this is, uh, it says, For months, small groups around Colorado have tackled one of the thorniest questions facing state government. What to do about its convoluted funding model? Building a Better Colorado was founded in 2015 with the aim of finding common ground in Col- Colorado's shifting pol- uh, politics. The group has a track record of generating policy ideas that get bipartisan support. Three such concepts identified during the last round of meetings in 2015 made it uh, onto the ballot and passed. So it's notable that the group has shifted its focus to state revenues, an issue of rising tension. Voters will decide in November on a ballot measure referred by Democrat lawmakers last session that would tweak the current system to allow the state to pour more resources into education and transportation. Now, just does that sound good to you, Steve? What are you thinking when I'm reading this? What do you think about
3: that? I was reading Patty's notes that she sends us every day. And at first pass, this will get your attention. And you almost think, like, well, this this sounds good until you start reading into it.
1: And so when you start reading into it, is first of all, what they're talking about is this is, uh, let's see, house built. Nineteen twelve fifty seven and 1258 so i want to explain to you i think you guys all know this but Tabor, the taxpayer bill of rights was passed about 25 years ago by the people of colorado and it's all about consent that it basically says it's an amendment to the colorado constitution it says to politicians bureaucrats hey if you want to raise our taxes you just have to ask us and the other thing that it says is that if you want to keep excess revenue above a formula, and that formula is inflation uh, plus population, it's pretty generous. If you want to keep the revenues above that, you just have to ask us. Well, we've seen on the local level, you've seen it with your parks and recreation districts, you've seen it with your road districts, that they have actually put something in there called de Uh So they may ask for you know, a tax increase, but they've also, and, and you may say, yes, you know, hey, I think that's a good idea. I'd like to do this for, for our parks. But I always vote no on those because you know what they've been doing, Steve, is they've been putting language in there regarding de-taboring it, de-brucing it, also saying, hey, if we have excess revenue, can we keep that? And I think there's something really disingenuous about that when politicians and bureaucrats do that.
3: I love it every time you, 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 you give us that real 25-cent view of Tabor. All if you want to raise our taxes, all you have to do is ask. Think of the transparency that that invokes and which is a good thing. But all these people who are debrucing, they can 't stand that transparency and they' are trying to always continually try to find a way
1: around it. Well, that's for sure. And so what this is going to be is you're going to have a ballot question in November and it sounds really, really good. It basically says, hey, we're going to put money into education, which, you know what, I actually think we should stop putting money into education. When I figure out that they're paying $2,100 out in Douglas County to Reagan Bird to come in and, and, you know, fill these kids' minds with not positive stuff, but negative stuff, you know, it's very frustrating. So, I think we need to stop funding a lot of this education. That's the first thing. The other thing is transportation. And, uh, you know, we get very frustrated. They say we're going to help with congestion. Well, we're thinking, well, maybe that means that you're going to work 24-7 to get these road projects done so that we don't, you know, we can use all the lanes of the highway. Uh, No, 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 no. They actually want to build a train for you to ride from Trinidad to Fort Collins. That's what they're doing a, a, a study on.
3: Can you see, can you just in your mind picture the firms who are lining up to get the contract to do the study? Exactly. I mean, what's it take to do a study? And and you you do a study, you put it on a shelf somewhere, and you get the money and you go to the bank. The study means nothing.
1: You're exactly right. But they're doing that. So anyway, building a better Colorado. I was aware of this when I... Uh, was on city council and when i started to look at the players on this they say it's bipartisan and it is bipartisan it's bipartisan there's people unaffiliated republican and democrat that they're figuring out a way to uh... get around Tabor so that they can have more money in their pocket so it is a bipartisan effort so anyway what they're doing is uh, and i'm trying to get a woman on that explains something called the delphi technique and uh, and they use this beautifully. First of all, they are choosing who gets to be in these meetings. Uh, you have to be approved to get to be part of this bipartisan meeting. And then they go through, and it's kind of like brainwashing. They explain that uh, they want to uh, to de- de-tabor Colorado so that they'll have more revenue for education and transportation. And then that what they do is they break out into small groups, but they've already picked somebody that's going to be kind of the leader at the table that already has this agenda. And then they continue to push for that agenda. And it makes it difficult for somebody to say, wait a minute, I don't think I agree with that. Because it's hard when you're in a group like that to say, you know, I'm not sure that I really buy into that. Then they build everybody into a consensus. They bring everybody back, they write up on the board, this is our consensus, and and ultimately what they're trying to get to is they want to uh they want to detaber Colorado so that they have more tax revenue. We do not have a revenue problem here. Our budget has grown significantly. Uh we have a uh people not spending the money in the right place problem here. So uh, there's going to be this big push. You're going to have this question on the ballot in November. You need to be talking with your friends, your family, your kids, anybody that's going to vote in November. You need to be telling them that you will be voting no on this idea that politicians and bureaucrats don't have to ask you if they want to keep excess revenue above this formula of population versus inflation. So I think, Steve, I probably pretty well covered that, huh?
3: you did and and you know i think the the when you're coming down mountain vernon canyon eastbound 470 and the sign says truckers don't be fooled i think of what we need to be saying come uh, you know this next election is voters don't be fooled because the most flowery Pie in the sky commercials are going to, uh, political commercials are going to be coming saying we need more money for this. And we're going to use
1: it for our schools. They're going to have pictures of uh, little children holding their hands up, uh, implying that they're learning. And uh, that may not totally be the case. The other thing that I wanted to mention to you, there was uh, something rather significant that happened down at the Douglas County uh, Commissioner's meeting the other day. Apparently they voted to uh, partner with the school district there the commissioners voted to give ten million dollars if the school district can come up with three million dollars uh, for school safety. And and in Douglas County, there was just a, a passed in this last election a mill levy override. And apparently, the board of education said no. You know, we're not not interested in that. So um, again, you know, in Douglas County, we are that particular school board is uh, is totally at, at this time. It's radical. Uh, progressive activists that are in charge there. You can see that with the fact that they paid $2,100 to Reagan Bird to uh, to do those two um, different uh, assemblies out there in Douglas County. And then she is, also has a contract to be training uh, staff and uh, administrators regarding inclusivity. Yeah, right. Whenever you hear that word, when they talk about that, That means they're trying to exclude somebody else. But um, let's go. We're going to go to break here in just a minute. But I want to talk to Jason McBride about what he thinks on Mueller's comments yesterday. Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Welcome to the Ameritics with Kim Munson.
5: Well, hey, Kim. First, I think uh, Douglas County should pay you twice as much and let you come in and give the counterpoint because it would be twice as correct and twice as valuable.
1: <laughs> I like your thinking, Jason, Jason McBride. I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> I'm, sure,
5: I'm sure you'd do it for half the price.
1: I'd probably even do it for free because I think it's so important. You know what? Nope. I'm a capitalist. I couldn't do it for free, could I?
5: Well, you
1: could. Uh,
5: you know, we're, I could we're choose that. Could donating choose- our valuables, right? You
1: got it. So wait, what do you think about this whole Mueller thing?
5: You know, that was one of the the most ridiculous displays I've seen. Uh, I think it was just Mueller's last little twist into Trump's ribs before he headed off into the sunset. But it's interesting, Kim. Uh, Jim Comey got lambasted by both sides, by pretty much everybody in the country, uh, for coming up, uh, dragging Hillary Clinton through the mud and then saying, we're not going to charge her with anything. And basically the feeling is, is, you know, if the FBI is not going to charge, they just end the investigation and they don't say anything at all. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't put the dirt out. Well, Mueller just did the same thing. He did the exact same thing yesterday with his press conference. And if you think about it, Kim, I don't think any part of the Mueller report should have been made public to anybody uh, except for maybe uh, William Barr. Uh, If they weren't going to charge Trump with anything, then his name shouldn't have been dragged through. And that whole 448-page report was nothing uh, but a big chain just dragging Trump through a huge mud swamp.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, Trump— you know, he's not a perfect guy. I mean, I I know people that they I mean, they they hate him. They're I'm not sure I'm not sure that they know why. But there are people out there that just totally dislike him and are totally just focused on that and they can't see that he is doing so many things for the American people. Uh, Matt, one of our other um producers here had given me he received this thing it's called The Epic Times and they're talking about Trump's first 2 years in office. And what he is doing on the economy, he's standing up to China, he's, you know, foreign policy, trade, you know, what he's doing in the judiciary, the military, border security, helping our veterans, law and order, deregulation, environment and cutting ways, national security. When you look at what he's doing, I mean, he gets up every day and he gets things done and they're not used to that in Washington. And so I think that's why they're like rats on a ship in Washington right now.
5: You know, if anybody from Washington was listening to that whole thing you just said, that would have been like poison to their ears. You you might have dropped half of Washington dead if they were listening to the show.
1: <laughs> well, um, you know. Uh, they don't like
5: that <laughs> kind of stuff.
1: They don't like that. And so my point on that, Jason, is what Donald Trump is doing is he is his he's freeing up. He's getting back to the American idea of, uh, you know, where every day hardworking individuals, which those are the people that you help with their nest eggs, you know, people that are building for the future, for their kids, for their retirement. And he is doing so many good things for that. Uh, And so when they're attacking him, they're attacking everyday hardworking people is the way I see it.
5: Well, I think they are, too. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, he's, he's given us a very good... Uh, market to work with. I mean, it's had a little bit of a pullback lately. I mean, that's nothing abnormal. It's always funny to, to hear, uh, you know, the, the market's down for a day, and uh, you, you read this a
1: message falling.
5: board or and people are, oh... I just lost uh, this much money all because of Trump. And it's like, well, how much did you make oh, since November 2016? If you made zero between now and then, and now you're losing, that's not Trump's fault. You just must be a really bad investor. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, that's one of the things, Jason, is you, uh, you, you shoot straight when, you know, when you're talking to people. And I love that about you and also the preparation that you have as we do these, uh, these spots on the show. What do you think the market's going to do?
5: Well, I never like to make predictions. Uh, Yesterday, it did come down to some pretty major support. Uh, Both the NASDAQ and the S&P came down to the 200-day moving average. A lot of technicians are going to watch that to see. Uh, I'll tell you, Kim, sometimes it acts as a support level for the market, Occasionally, it doesn't. Yesterday, the markets came down to it and then bounced off. We had a bad loss going in the morning and cut it about in half by the end of the day. Um, I think it'll be important to watch and see if uh, the market tries to hold above yesterday's lows uh, or at least doesn't under, undercut them by by very much. So the next few days will be worth really keeping a close eye on to get a clue.
1: Okay. Well, now, and I know that you keep an eye on people's nest eggs. And so if people would like to talk with you about their economic well-being, about their economic future, uh, they can reach you at 303-694-1600 or go to our landing page, chickspresidential.com. There's all kinds of great information there, your podcast, all kinds of stuff. And just reach out to Jason and the uh, your colleagues there at Presidential residential wealth management, uh, because you are happy to help people as they are thinking about their economic well-being.
5: Yes, that's correct. And uh, we can just have a chat about important things that you talk about on the AmeriChicks, too.
1: Sounds great. Jason, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
5: Have a great show, Kim.
1: Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I am so excited to talk with one of my friends, my fellow Toastmaster, uh, Greg Morrissey, and then uh, we'll be talking with a couple of other folks as well regarding public speaking and what uh, Liberty Toastmasters can do to help you. And I think you're going to find it really fascinating. So we'll be right back.
4: Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Waters Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork & Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Customs Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up
1: today at (laughs) Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, offering you a conservatarian perspective. We're going to get to Greg Morrissey in just a moment. But uh, one of my listeners, Christy, has uh, text. She texted me. She said, the Delphi technique, we talked about that, that in the last segment, the Delphi technique sounds like what the Nazis used at a big meeting of the head honchos to come to a consensus of how to deal with the Jews, the final solution. Not all were on board at first, but at the end of the meeting, might have been a retreat, they all agreed that the extermination of the Jews was what was necessary. Now, my, my friends, you need to remember that Nazi stands for National Socialist Party there in, in Germany, and I forgot to, to give you just this little, you know, these few words as you're talking to people. Remember that the real question that's on the table here in America with all of this policy is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And socialism is force. It's never compassionate to take others' rights, property, or freedom via force, whether it's a weapon, taxation, or uh, public policy. And frequent guest, millennial, Stephen Kessler, Ph.D., has us ask three questions when we're talking to people. Do you have any skin in the game? Are you bringing people up, or are you yanking them down? And you felt good but did you do good? So just think about that. But I want to jump over here and talk with Greg Morrissey. Greg Morrissey is a fellow Toastmaster. Uh, He uh, grew up, you grew up in Australia, right, Greg? Yes, I did. Okay, but uh, you have a great heart for the American idea.
6: I have a great heart for the American idea coming from another country when you come from Australia and what your view of America is comes across in the press and the movies. And when you come to America to live, get to know the people, it's totally the opposite.
1: It's so You've int- got to
6: realize how important the country is and how important it is to the world.
1: Well, and that's why it's so important to To stand up for this country. And one, I mean, this is a country that was founded on an idea, this idea that every individual has these rights from our creator of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And we need to protect that idea. You know, Reagan said that freedom is never more than one generation away. Each of us has to fight for it. And we are in a great battle of ideas right now in America. And one of the things that we need to do is to be able to find our voices. And Liberty Toastmasters is a way to do that. And so how has Liberty Toastmasters helped you.
6: Liberty Toastmasters has been very important because I've had to go and grow in my confidence levels in speaking in front of people. you not to be scared. And the great thing about Liberty Toastmasters, when you get out there and do a presentation, they give you forms and they give you feedback, which is priceless for you to get out to present your ideas. You know what was, it's not how you speak from verbally from your mouth, but also your body actions, your body language. Your body language speaks just as loud as your mouth does. Oh, I don't think a lot of people realize that. And yeah. Libby Toastmasters gives you the ability to get those two together and to make a very, very good presentation. And then Go ahead. all the people you're involved with, the city councils and that type of stuff, get out there and make a difference.
1: Well, and at these city council meetings or these school board meetings, uh, typically you have about three minutes uh, to speak and so how do you think it's important i mean three minutes isn't very long although you know in country in country western songs in three minutes you know they can fall in love fall out of love you know all kinds of different things it can be done in three <laughs> yeah. minutes but it really is uh it's a real skill to be able to do that and we do this thing called table topics where uh, it's basically impromptu speaking but i found that that's been very effective when i uh, am preparing to go to um, to make public comments at you know a, a hearing or at at a uh, town council meeting
6: yeah with the uh, table topics you have to have that has to be kind of off the cuff because you don't know what the subject matter is going to be but when you go to the council meetings you can do some research and realize how important and how good you can make that three three and a half minutes be to make an impact and, and- table type table topics gives you the ability to do that because you sometimes you might get a question, and you've got to be able to handle it.
1: Well, for sure. And now you're at Liberty Toastmasters North. We have—I I feel like you're my good friend, although we've never really met face to face. We're going to have that breakfast one of these days that you offered. I'm going to take you up on that. But uh, you guys meet the second and fourth uh, Saturdays of each month, right? And where do you meet Correct.
6: at? We meet at the uh, Republican headquarters right now. It's on the um, right behind the. Um, it's on uh, one eighteen and. 119 and 285 with those two intersections meet me that's on the southwest corner there behind the restaurant Goodfellas.
1: And that's up in Longmont, right? Yes, it is. And even though you're meeting at Republican headquarters, uh, it really is, um, it's really nonpartisan, uh, from, at least from what I can tell. People... Uh, across the, the political sp- uh, spectrum, will attend Democrats, unaffiliated, and Republicans as well. And we don't judge each other on our ideas. People speak. We It's very respectful. And I have learned so much at Liberty Toastmasters.
6: So have I. You've learned to hear those different points of view, see where people are coming from, and some parts you're going to agree with, some parts you're going to disagree with. But then you've got to learn how to agree and disagree correctly, not throw each other under the bus.
1: That's for sure. So, hey, um, Greg uh, Morrissey, what's your final thought today?
6: My final thought today is that um, everyone gets set out there, gets involved in the state of Colorado, take it back to the state that it should be. Some of you, I was listening to the first part of your show there, and it's kind of scary. Some of the things have been brought in there with the process of, um, to make these changes. I think Colorado could be a light to the entire nation. To, to keep the USA one nation under God.
1: Well, you know what, Greg Morrissey? I think the fight is right here because uh, we need to hold the line and we need to go on the offensive on this battle of ideas because if all of this, this, I want to say nonsense, happens here in Colorado, they're going to work to export that to other states. And so we need to Correct. to hold the line. We need to get our brains around these ideas. We need to go to Liberty Toastmasters so we know how to communicate. And it's so good to talk to you, Greg. We'll talk to you hopefully next month.
6: Okay, yes, you will.
1: Sounds great. And I want to move over to another friend of mine, Blake Huber. You are one of my fellow Toastmasters. How are you doing this morning?
0: Hey, good morning, Kim. I have a bit of a cold, but I'm doing great other than that.
1: You know what? There is something going around. <laughs> I, I know four or five people, so some chicken soup's probably in order for you.
0: Yes, I've been stocking up on the chicken soup, that's for sure. <laughs> so, I actually caught my cold in Dayton, Ohio, when I was there for Hamvention. So I didn't get a cold from anybody here. And, of course, I like to joke that it's probably the aliens seeding the clouds and making us sick.
1: Is that what it is? Well, uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for bringing it back. Greatly appreciate that. But, you know, yeah, you bet. Liberty Toastmasters, uh, <laughs> y- you know, I've been a member for a long time. And I continue as I'm sitting here. I think I, I have double clutches. I think I just had one. Uh, I say, um, but it has helped me immensely, and it is so important that we get our brains around these ideas. What's your thoughts on Liberty Toastmasters?
0: Well, you know, I've, I've only been going for a year or so, and you know, for me to call into a talk show like this before Liberty Toastmasters was terrible because it's a matter of confidence. Okay, I'm fearful that uh, uh, will I be interesting? You know, will people listen? And Liberty Toastmasters has helped me get over that. Now you can ask me about table topics in just a moment, and I'm going I'm to address that. But in the past, in my youth, I was able to get up on stage and give voice to other people's words. Liberty Toastmasters has helped me find my voice and give my voice, my own voice, uh, to be able to, to write it down, to speak it. I'm doing a poor job right now, so this I is think not you're a doing good great example. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, giving voice to my own words is extremely important. Table topics. I love table topics. because And when I first started going to Liberty Toastmasters, the first thing I did is I got up to speak on table topics because I wanted to learn when I fail, and I will fail. I'm not perfect. I wanted to learn to fail fast, how to recover, and then be comfortable with the fact that I failed. I like to tell the story that one time I was on Table Topics, and I finally said, you know, I have no idea where I was going there. And I got a <laughs> laugh. I took a beat, and then I came back, and I recovered, and I was able to talk about what I wanted to talk about.
1: And, there's, you know, that is one of the things, I've thought about this a lot, is the opportunity to fail. Uh, because we learn when we yes. fail. The first time I... Uh, did table topics? I was absolutely terrified, and um, there's there's actually something healthy about learning how to fail. I've had Jim Lewis, one of my friends, on. He's a mental health expert, and he had mentioned that one of the things about good mental health is flexibility, and I I think the flexibility in in realizing that you will fail. And then get back on that horse and try again. And I think that's one of the things that we're not teaching our kids in our education system is get out there, do your best, you will fail, and then get on that horse and do it again. And that's one of the things I've learned from Table Topics.
0: Can I tell you a couple of quick stories? You know what, let's, first yeah,
1: let's let's do this. Let's go to break. When we come back, love to hear those stories. And then we're going to talk with Brad Beck as well. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. We'll be right back
4: award-winning realtor karen levine has 30 years of experience with remax alliance as a director with the national association of realtors karen levine works to protect your private property rights karen levine believes in home ownership since losing her mother to breast cancer karen levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called karen's for the cure raising money for breast cancer research Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
0: Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 24th through Thursday, May 30th. Features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu... Aladdin and the Hustle. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12 inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16 ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88DriveIn.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie.
1: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, com. And we are having a conversation right now with Blake Huber. He is one of my fellow Toastmasters. and And I was thinking about it during break. Blake, you said a year ago... You, uh, you'd be very concerned, very terrified to call into a talk show like this. And this is one of the things. Uh, you guys are, uh, Liberty Toastmasters is one of my partners. And uh, once a month, I love to offer the opportunity for any of my fellow Toastmasters that want to call in to, to do that. And you are taking advantage of that. And it's great to have you on the line. And so you're going to tell me a couple of stories.
0: Yes, I am. And thanks very much for having Liberty Toastmasters and featuring them on their show. It's great. So a couple of quick stories. Uh, One of my first jobs, my boss came to me and said, why is your waste paper basket empty? I said, well, I haven't made any mistakes. (laughs) And he said, you're not working hard enough. I want to, before the end of the day, I want to see that waste paper basket full. And so I did. I just started doing stuff that made no sense, wasn't going to work, but I tried, and I started working faster. So making mistakes and recovering from mistakes are extremely important. He also told me that Babe Ruth, the best hitter in baseball, only got to bat to base one out of three or four times. So you're going to make mistakes. None of us are perfect. In fact, there's a quote that I truly love. Um, we ne- may never be perfect. Only one was. But in pursuit of perfection, we may catch excellence. Excellent. So, I encourage everybody to come by Toastmasters. Just check it out. Doesn't matter whether you're conservative or liberal, doesn't matter who you are. We never judge on the content of your speech, we only evaluate your presentation skills
1: and we'll be meeting this saturday so uh, uh, liberty toastmasters denver will be meet they meet on the first and third saturdays of each month and we're meeting down at the independence institute and so we will be meeting this saturday i'll be there blake are you going to be there
0: yes ma'am i'm actually general evaluator
1: all right. all right well blake huber thank you so much it's good to talk with you this morning
0: thank you kim bye bye
1: And we're going to talk now with Brad Beck. He is one of the the guys that this was his idea, Liberty Toastmasters. Brad Beck, what you have done, helping people find their voices, is absolutely uh, so important here in Colorado.
2: Well, thank you, Kim. Uh, You know, it's always a pleasure to talk about public speaking because it's such a fear of so many people. But I saw you hit a home run uh, on, I think it was Tuesday night, in my little town of Erie, Colorado, which I love. But you were one of the folks that spoke out against the uh, tyranny that was going on in our town because they would not let a Republican women's group use the community center. And you spoke out against it, and you did it within time. And my only criticism, I couldn't see your great-looking face because your hair <laughs> kept falling down. But. Other than that, it was a wonderful presentation.
1: Well, hopefully you were kind of like a proud papa, because you've seen my development. The first time I came to Liberty Toastmasters, I was absolutely terrified. And now the idea that I could go up and within, you you know, you're going to have a time limit uh, of three minutes or less to to be able to succinctly say what you want to say. And, uh, you know, you've always talked about, what is it, a hook? Hammer. Uh,
2: explain so that hammer just a little and hinge. bit. Yeah. So explain Dana Lama, who is a, a world champion of public speaking, is a world champion of public speaking. Was given a presentation once that I was fortunate enough to be at, and that was his kind of uh, whole schematic, his template for speaking. We've always heard of tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them. And what Dana said is actually think of it as a hook, a hammer, and a hinge. The hook. How are you going to funnel their attention as a listener? to listen to you. Their mind is wandering. Maybe they're coming into an event late. So you have to bring them in to your sphere and get their attention. So you do that by either starting with a quote or an engaging question in terms of the listener. And you do it quickly transitioning into your hammer, which is to make a point and tell a story or tell a story and make a point. It doesn't really matter. That's from uh, the founder of uh, the uh, Speakers Bureau. Uh, bill Gove and that really gets people to remember what you're talking about people remember stories they don't remember facts and figures So start with the story and then you transition into the hinge which is your call to action what do you want me to do once i've heard you present and in table topics it's a long-standing toastmasters tradition really intended to help our members develop their ability to organize and to think quickly on their feet so it's impromptu, and what it does is it gives you as the speaker the opportunity to take a question. You can answer it, or you can say, that's a great question. I don't know anything about it. But as long as you talk to one to two minutes and it's a good little presentation, you're able to compete in what we call table topics, and the winner of each section wins a ribbon, and you think a ribbon, my goodness, that's a big deal. It's very competitive in Toastmasters. And so we want to help our fellow toastmasters, but we always compete against one another because it helps us improve. So it's a it's a fun thing to do, but it also challenges your ability to think on your feet.
1: Well, and and um, a point on that is not everybody gets a ribbon, Brad. What <laughs> you have to actually <laughs> compete, and I I actually I love getting a ribbon when I win. I realize that that as, as Blake Huber was talking about, I wasn't excellent, but I'm in that pursuit of excellence. And the speakers, my fellow Toastmasters, they're very accomplished. And so when you win a ribbon at Liberty Toastmasters, it means that you've done something well. And uh, so I'm actually, whenever I win a, win a ribbon, I actually put it on a bulletin board at home.
2: <laughs> and you should. Uh, you know, those of us that work at it, Think of it just like going to the gym. You work out at the gym, it clears your mind, it makes your body healthy. Same thing with practicing at Toastmasters. We encourage people to try things, to do things that may not work out, but you're in an environment that you get critique and evaluation that's going to make you better. And as Blake or yourself or or, uh, anybody else who practices this skill set, you see improvement. You go from total fear to total fabulous in a short period of time and you do it by practicing.
1: And we also become friends. Uh, you know, in this day and age of all this technology, this is actually people coming together, real-life human beings talking to each other. And I have some amazing friendships. I had quoted Christy earlier today. Uh, she's a good friend. And uh, I think that we met at, at Liberty Toastmasters. we become friends. And, and when we're doing things, like when I uh, did Stand for Colorado, I looked out into the uh, audience And there were a number of my Liberty Toastmasters friends there. We support each other. But it is so important. We are in a great battle of ideas here in Colorado right now. Uh, Brad, you mentioned me coming up to Erie and making public comments. Because the Town Council of Erie is uh, in direct affront to the Bill of Rights, which is part of the Constitution. And that is freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. They were trying to control the speech of the Republican women of well. They said they didn't like what they were going to be saying. And then because they didn't like what they were saying, they said that you cannot use this taxpayer funded community center when they actually have used that center for, uh, you know, um, let people present and have petitions for things that the town council was sympathetic to, but then they were shutting down this voice. This is an important battle that is going on, and Erie has shined a light on just what is going on regarding these people that have gotten elected to city councils, town councils, and school boards.
2: Correct, yes, I was there as well, and I have seen this over and over again. When I first moved to Erie, uh we had maybe a little under 3,000 people, very rural. Uh, it took us you know, 30 minutes to get to Boulder because you know, there wasn't that many options to get there. Downtown, you had to take little roads to get to the freeway. But I loved it because it was a, a town that you knew people, and everybody waved with all five fingers, and it was beautiful. <laughs> and uh, I, I really enjoy that. It's grown like all the, the front range. But I remember going to a town meeting where they were going to put a moratorium on energy production and had a group of us not shown up and spoke about the importance of energy production in our community, what it brings, and the normal activists were shocked that we showed up. And what was interesting was the board, I'm I'm assured, that they were going to vote for the moratorium, but because a good 25, 30 of us showed up and voiced our opinion – Uh, diametrically opposed to the activists we at least got them to reconsider and they did not put the moratorium in at that time so showing up speaking from the heart telling your story and having a call to action makes a difference you made a difference this week a lot of folks who showed up made a difference and i think we need to show up to our school board meetings our town meetings. Anywhere where you have elected officials, they need to hear from us, the citizens. We put them into power. They work for us. They're not elites. They should do their uh, civic service and then move on. All of us should take up that mantle.
1: Well, and you mentioned the comments that I made. I was trying to think of my hook. And so I came up with three questions. I said, should the Socialist Party of Erie be able to use the community center for their meetings?
2: I haven't uh, found those guys yet, by the way. Well, I think, I think
1: they're <laughs> – I won't comment on that. And then I said uh, should, uh, should people that are against affordable, reliable, and efficient energy, so the anti-frackers, should they be able to use the community center?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my last question is should the Republican women of Well County be able to use this community center for their meetings? And the answer to all of those is Yes. Yep. And then uh, I went on and talked about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the freedom of speech, the freedom of assembly. And, uh, and what really helped me, Brad Beck, was the table topics that we do all the time. So thank you so much for what you've done with Liberty Toastmasters. We're going to be meeting at the Independence Institute at 10 o'clock this next Saturday. And I'm going to be there. Are you going to be able to make it? I'm going to be out of town, but my heart will be with you all, and I know you do a great job, and have a great meeting. Okay, well, thanks so much, Brad Beck. And our quote for today, there are always three speeches. This is Dale Carnegie. He he said, there are always three speeches for everyone, the one that you gave, the one you practiced, and the one that you wish you gave. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high, high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you.